It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. All righty. So today is April, what's the day? April 8th? April 7th, I think it is. Um, April no, 8th. It is the 8th. It is the 8th. That's right. Um, and uh, it is uh, a little after 2.30 in the afternoon. Me and the doctor are, are going to do our thing here. And, um, you know, as always, I am at your service, and I'm honored that you, you know, come to me to ask for support because, uh, you know, among other things, you know, we have a lot of things in common with Landmark and especially the TMLP and the communication courses, but, um, you know, we've worked together. You've empowered me by helping me to create a, a workshop that's like, you know, really, I mean, it, it's the biggest workshop that I've got, even though it's not most complicated, but it you know it'll make the, the the best impact, the greatest impact I think overall. Um, you know, there's that, and then I'm honored that I'm working with you as a gay man, and I'm a straight man that, that I have enough skill and we have enough uh, uh, relatedness such that I can actually make a difference with you. I'm really honored by that, by the way. I don't usually say that, but I'm I'm honored because. Um, you know, that's that's not an easy thing to do. You know, <laughs> it's just, it's just not. You know, so. thank you. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I just wanted to say that you know, start this call off with an acknowledgement because I'm present to it. And now uh, the floor is yours, my brother. Hit it. Thank you. Uh, this uh, this uh, so I actually went up and visited uh, Justin this uh, past Friday. Yes. And I just came yeah. back. Uh, so we, I, I spent five nights. He lives up in Massachusetts. Yeah. And um, one day we have a, we had a close call, and I actually burst out. Uh, was quite angry actually, and uh, we almost had we almost called it off, you know, off. Mm. Uh, and actually, I packed my luggage and uh, I went to the car, and mm. then. Uh, uh, yeah, and uh, then uh, we I asked if we can talk it all off, and we did. We did. We did make out, and then we had two good days after that. And this happened, yeah, two three days ago. So, uh, so what exactly happened? What happened is. Right. Uh, you know, I, I thought I, I was angry because uh, I, I thought he wasn't paying attention to me <laughs> at a certain moment. Yeah. And although he was paying attention to me in many other moments, there there were two incidents where he wasn't paying attention, and they were kind of yeah. long. Uh, okay. And you know, one one was like he got a he had got a phone call from a friend of his, 
and she needed support from him emotionally. Well, he, he stayed with her on the phone like an hour and a half. And then later, uh, like the next, he was texting back and forth for a bit oh. with a few friends. And, uh, and that's really uh, like that. Uh, yeah, that actually uh, um, um, triggered me. Okay. And uh, I accuse him of being, uh, you know, I I asked him about this, and I accuse him of not being uh, honest uh, uh, or, or transparent, and not saying the truth, and therefore, I mean, like, you know, lying to in certain situations, and then we just things went downhill from there. Mm-hmm. There were, yeah, there were a lot of back and forth, and you know, it was really it was really me being triggered and being accusatory. That's really what kicked it off. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's pretty heavy, man. You know, um, he was taking care of people, and you didn't like it because it was taking time away from you. Yes. Yeah. How do you feel about that, really? I was, I was, I was angry. <laughs> yeah, no, I know you was angry, but so here's what I want you to, here's what I want to invite you to consider as a possibility. You know, like for you as a possibility, is to um, look at what it would take to constantly take the high road in life. You know what I mean by the high road? Yeah. Yeah, I know the high road. It's just a fucking... Uh, you know, it, it, it's... It does, it, it's all irrational in my space now with him. With everybody okay. else, it's all fine. And that's just... You, you know, I, I take the high road in life. Yes. Not with him. I got it. But see, it's not with. It's not that it's not with him. It's just how, that's how you be with in relationships. Yeah. Right. So you you know you're fine until you get in a relationship, and all of a sudden, you know you forget who you are and what you're committed to. Yeah. Well, maybe yeah. you're not. Maybe you're not clear about what you're committed to when it comes to relationships, but you certainly are not present to what you're committed to around relationships. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just like, you know, as if I want, you know, this person to be there for me. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah, like the whole time and uh, be mine, you know, like, I don't know. Uh, you know, it's funny. You, you know, it's funny. I was talking with a lady friend of mine yesterday. Uh, you familiar with uh, PAX Programs? No. PAX Programs is a company that was created by a lady named Allison Armstrong. She's a uh, leader in the personal development field, but particularly around relationships. And uh, she's a former uh, finance manager and NSCLP leader for Landmark. Okay. And, and so she created a program called 
uh, celebrating men satisfying women and um, and a whole lot of other programs to, to help women get along with and understand men. It started out as an SELP project because she figured it was men are simple to understand. So she yeah. spent three months trying to understand men. 25 years later, she's still doing this stuff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's funny. So the reason why I'm bringing this up is because the uh, person that I was speaking to last night, she was on a production team and managing her, her events and even leading some of her events um, uh, over the last 11 years. And we was having a conversation because we're looking at collaborating together, right? So, um, you know, we're having this conversation, and I told her how I didn't trust women when I was being a player. And it wasn't like I didn't trust them. Well, really, I didn't trust them. And what I didn't trust about them was whether they liked me or not and whether they were going to take advantage of me. So if I went to a club and I was sitting down with a woman and we had a drink together and she asked me for a second drink, before we either danced or I got her phone number, I felt she was digging in my pocket and I would throw her away quickly. Hmm. And um, and the only and, and the reason why is because I was um, I had a had a lady I was interested in, and it took her four months to get me to buy her something that was very expensive for me at the time as a high school kid, right? And when then when she tried she tried to offer me something, but when she tried to offer me was so cheap, it was like I was I was insulted, right? She wanted me to give her gold bracelets, and I think I told you the story, and she ended up giving me Old Spice Soap and a Rope and Gift Set. Yeah. My, my, my bracelets cost $30 in 1974. Her gold, her gold Spice Gift Set for me was like $3.99 or $2.99. It was like, get the fuck out of here. I cannot yeah. believe you did that. So I ignored her, and then when she finally decided she was going to try to get me, um, we ended up having sex, and then she was hooked. So what I discovered is that I need to make sure that women are having orgasms and they can't resist me. Hmm. Otherwise, I can't trust them. And so for me, what I learned out of that is if I'm doing my job right, they ain't going to want to go nowhere. But if I ain't doing my job right, then I don't deserve them. It was a fascinating thing. I, like, I took full responsibility for the way the relationship was going because I was like, I know how to make them like me. They're going to like me because I said so. And so, but you're not like that. Then that's the reason why I'm bringing this up is that you don't have, there's not, not a centeredness for you around being um, in a relationship. You're fine until relationship, romance comes into the play. Yeah. And you haven't seen, like, if you had a strong suit around relationships where you could sit back and relax, that would be awesome for you. But you don't have that. So I'm wondering what it's going to take for us, you to have, you know, a level of groundedness that, that can't be denied no matter what. Let me give you another way of looking at it. Um, when um, in the world of relationships, this is really pretty much more important for men than for women, even though, you know, you're, you're a gay man, it's still the same difference. And so... Um, uh, I remember, um, what the hell is that? Um, that when they teach men how to meet and pick up women, they have to have like a magic 
trick up their sleeves, so to look, so so to speak. Yeah. And a magic yeah. trick up their sleeves needs to be something that women would be impressed by, and that they're so good at it, women can't get like you can't get thrown off by by women. Like you you'll you know you can't lose your cool. You just won't be able to. You won't want to because you're so grounded in it that you know like that. So. Some, so for some guys that's singing and playing music, and so for some guys that's doing magic tricks, and so somebody else is like doing dro- jokes or whatever, dancing, right? Mine was astrology. So I would meet a woman and I would use astrology to get to go out with her in the first place, and then to meet her a second time, and use that as an opportunity to have sex with her. That was like my my trick. Yeah, and I had it that it, I was so confident that that I knew that if I was doing my job, they was going to be hooked. They wasn't going to go anywhere. And so what I'm saying to you is you you have to find something for you. You've got to find your own beans, you know, like Jack and the Beanstalk. You've got to find your own um, goose that lays golden eggs that you're so comfortable with that no matter how, you know, your guy, excuse me, or the next guy, is um is no matter where they're at, no matter how flustered they get, no matter how distracted they get, no matter how upset they get, you know that you can wrap them around your little finger. You feel you don't feel like that in those moments when he's spending too much time doing something else and ain't paying attention to you. You don't have you don't you don't feel confident enough to, to know that you've got a magic formula that will keep you empowered and keep him around. Yeah, and I don't know what that looks like, but it's something. So we could start with what's been the common theme to make everybody you've ever been in a relationship with like love being around you and maybe even lust being with you. Like, what would be the the things that that you know they you did that they all was like wow about? Yeah, Do you know, have any idea? Yeah, I mean, uh, I know the, uh, I'm very passionate in, uh, I mean, sex is, is, is great. And, uh, you know, when when I'm into the the person, I mean, I'm usually very affectionate and expressive. Uh, and uh, that's in bed. Intellectually, uh, you know, you know, I know he, 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 fell in love and, and you know and, uh, and was infatuated initially because I was uh, because of my intellect and and me being uh, fun and free mm. that's exactly what I'm not doing yes uh, that was that that was how uh Yeah, it's it's like uh, uh, yeah, and the other stuff that I bring to the table, like you know, personally and professionally, but uh, so he said, I gotta find something in me that I feel so grounded in it, and that I can do to bring them back. Or to uh, to grab their attention when I need it. 
Yeah. Or to feel grounded whether you got their attention or not. Grounded in, in what, what I have. In who you are, what you have, how the relationship is, who he is for you, like that. Yeah. Yeah, so you get, like, insecure and needy, and then you become, you know, this little baby until you get your attention back, and then you're back to normal again, right? So it's like you don't have something in place, a context, a practice, a history, something that prevents you from going there or not even has you not even inspired to want to be there. You know what I mean? Like, there's something that's missing for you around this in terms of you being settled. Yeah. Unshakable. Grounded. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I definitely I feel unsettled and, and, and anxious, and that makes me lose even sleep over it. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it because I'm hearing it. And it ain't him. It's you when a certain, like you're insecure waiting to happen. You're uptight waiting to happen. Yeah. It's just a matter of time. It's not It's not anything he does, which would help if you really saw that, like you wouldn't get triggered by him. And by the way, I just want you to know that I'm, I'm grateful to support you around this because it sounds like, you know, he's patient enough to deal with you around this. Like he yeah. cares enough. He cares enough to put up with this. And I don't even think he's putting up with it. Like, he's trying to learn how to deal with it so he can take that away from you is what it sounds like, you know, which is a blessing, man. True blessing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. now, so now I want to try something. I, and, you know, I haven't tried this before, but, like, after what I'm hearing and what I just got out of all of this, I want to hear the first time you can remember, the earliest incident you can remember about your um, mom doing that with you? Uh, yeah, I, I was I was definitely probably was in middle school, and I mean middle school, I may have done something to upset her, and um, and she. Um, Gave me the withhold treatment, which is like in a few okay. days. Okay. All right, let me let me help you with this. I want you to actually mentally and visually be in that space. So let me give you an example of what I mean. So um, I'm five years old, and I'm a little guy, but I don't even know that I'm a little guy. And I got this brown and tan. Um, seersucker material suit. And it's got leather buttons, leather collar. I got a hat to match. It's like that beanie kind of baseball kind of hat style with a leather brim and a leather beanie button in the middle of it. And I'm feeling like I'm the sharpest, excuse my French, I'm the sharpest motherfucker on the planet. That's how I'm feeling at five years old or four years old. It's one of my earliest memories. So we, you know, we go. I remember we took a picture of me. I think my, I think one of my family members still has a picture of me in that suit just before we went out for Easter. Yeah. 
And uh, I remember what the living room looked like. We're sitting in all that, right? So I'm in the car finally, you know, we're driving, and I saw this sponge car. This sponge car was amazing because I didn't think it was ever really a sponge car that was really going to be in the road. That's one of the commercials. I was like, hey, y'all, look at this. The sponge car. This is a sponge car. We're driving downtown on the FDR Drive. We're still up around Harlem or something, like, you know, above 96th Street, whatever. Yeah. So, because um, yeah. I remember, you know, I remember it like it happened just now. And um, so I'm sitting in the back of the car, and I'm trying to let everybody know, hey, look at that sponge car, man. It's amazing. It's a sponge car. You guys see the sponge car? It's a sponge car, man. You got to check out the sponge car. Right. I'm four, so I'm acting like a four-year-old, you know? Easter Sunday. Must have been like 11 o'clock, noon. Anyhow, the sponge car, we drove past the sponge car, so I stick my head out the window so I can keep looking at the sponge car. And then my hat flew off. And I remember panicking. I was, first, I was stunned. That was the first experience. I was like, oh, shocked. I didn't even think it was possible. And then I was upset. Like, we got to get my hat. My hat flew out the window. My hat, my hat, my hat, whatever I was saying. Yeah. And well, part of it was that I couldn't get my hat. But part of it was because... Nobody was listening. He wasn't paying attention to me, man. I'm like, wait a minute. And so, you know, I'm sharing this. You know, you've heard me say parts of this before. Maybe not every detail I just shared, but you've heard me tell the story before, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. But what I wanted you to hear was that I was being four and five years old. So I need you to tell the story like you were 15, yeah. you're in middle school, you know what I mean? Like you're 12 or whatever age you was in middle school. I need you to be there, walk in the hallway or whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah. I want you to actually be being there when you're telling me. You're not describing it, you're sharing it because you're you're being my eyes so I can see what's going on. That's what I really want you to understand, okay? So so I was I was in middle school and... Well, great. What grade? Like, let's say, uh, what's like eight, eighth, uh, seven grade. Uh, okay. And uh, we we are at home, uh, my mom and I, and uh, uh, you know, it was it was probably it was springtime, and and we uh, we were having a conversation, um, and uh, I said something to her uh we were talking back and forth and and now now I'm I started getting more comfortable saying different things and in my mind I could say anything to to anyone and um uh and little did I know when I said to my mom uh I don't remember the exact disrespectful thing uh, I said something to her that surprised her and, and got really offended and she felt that I did not I did not respect her with being a mom and um so she gave me the she she got upset uh and disappointed and she gave me the the uh, like the, the silent treatment which really was holding and not talking to me for a few days yes uh, that's that was that was one incident. Uh, I don't remember the content of what I told her that offended her, offended her, but I know what 
this wasn't what she expected from from a son who was obedient or respectful to his elder. And uh, yeah, and that was yeah, uh, and and that triggered her to withhold, you know, her love. And, uh, and so I want to know what emotions you were feeling as you was going through this. So you know, so when I was sharing, right, just to give you, like, to make it as graphic as possible, when I was sharing, I shared about being in my suit and how proud I was, right? And then I shared about when I saw the car and I was so shocked, you know, surprised at the car. And then, yeah. you know, when my, my hat fell off the, out the window, like how I felt and how I felt when nobody listened to me. Like, that's important because yeah. that's what's driving your conversation. So I need to know how yeah. you was feeling to your present to how you was feeling. Okay. Yeah. And uh for me I was I was all happy and, and communicating back and forth I felt like I mean you know I was excited to talk and, and just say mm. what's on my mind and to me it was a shocker to to see her reaction and uh, I was surprised and what was her reaction again? I'm sorry. What was her reaction again? She was she was offended and disappointed. Do you know what what she was offended and disappointed uh, about? About about what I said to her that in a way was a not what she took was not respectful to her being a mom and being older than I. And and in, in her mind that you know you gotta respect your elder and. Not only this, respect your mom. And to me, I was just being expressive, and in her mind, she was disappointed and and upset. Yeah. Uh, Do you know why? And uh, uh, why she was? Uh. Uh. uh why uh i am uh, um, i don't know exactly the why is is why she felt this way because that was her the way she yeah <clears throat> okay so the way the way she saw things mm. how does she see things So I remember previous incidents where, like, when people did not respect her or show love to her a certain way, she would get disappointed and upset and she would withhold, you know, she would stop talking to these people. Yeah. Uh, And she trained us to, to do this as well. And she did the you know, you know, at certain times for with us. Okay. Uh, All right, cool. She was disappointed with inside her relationship with her siblings, definitely. With a lot of sadness uh, for her around. Okay, and then she used she her reaction to 
feeling that way? It was to ignore you and abandon you? It, it, it wasn't abandonment. I wouldn't call it abandonment. It was definitely a stop, a withhold communication and stop talking to me. She would still and cook. She would still cook for me. She would do all the chores that she, you know, she would do as a mom, but she would just not talk. Okay. Yeah, so... So you're so triggered by this silent treatment that you don't know what to do. So let me see here. Um, you actually, I think, I, I think I understand what's going on here. So let me let me try something out here. Um, I got pissed off late last year. I was assisting in the home intro department at Landmark. Yeah, and I was coaching people who were who were hosting introductions to the landmark form. I was coaching them and what to do and all that stuff. Anyhow, I went to go talk to one of the people that, that leads the introduction leader program. I wanted to let her know about something I did, and you know I missed her and I wanted to walk over to her. So I walked over to her. She felt annoyed that I interrupted her. Then I started pushing anyhow, telling her what happened, and then she started telling me how I should have did the thing I'm telling her about, right? And I'm, like, pissed because I'm like, you're not fucking listening to me, right? So she bullied me, and I was so triggered that I was, like, trying to get past this. I was like, I can't talk to her no more. I'm like, what the hell am I supposed to do? So one of the guys on staff who I'm friends with before he was on staff he pulls me aside and said, yo, he's, he's the one I was actually assisting for, right? So, like, he had to clear me. So he said, listen, man, you can't talk to nobody until you clear it. Yeah. All right, fine. Yeah. So I told him, you know, I felt I felt trapped and bullied, but I didn't want to, like, what to do and all of this other stuff. She didn't even know everything about everything. And so, you know, he asked me how I felt and whatever I said. But then what he said to me was, yo, man, you're setting yourself up for failure. I said, what do you mean? He said, dude, staff members are busy, man. I mean, you know, you ask them to do something. Me and you, we're people, people. We'll let people in our lives. We'll talk to people. It'll be great, right? But most people here, they're too busy trying to get stuff done. And so unless you're going to help them get stuff done, they ain't got time to talk to you. You got to schedule time in with them or something, right? Show you love. And so, I, okay, I got that, okay. And then I realized, oh, I'm expecting them to act like me and be a people person. And most folks are not, but it ain't just at Landmark. It's all over the place. So I got to give people permission to, like, to ignore me or not pay attention to me because they're not people persons. I can't, I can't make them wrong with that, right? So I'm like, oh, okay, great, man. That's awesome, right? And I've had a lot of freedom ever since. But now I talked to the same guy this past Sunday, his day off, and he – is a, a he's the registration communicator for the landmark forum. In other words, he's registering people to the landmark forum and he's managing the ILP. Right. So so he's the guy that's coaching the ILP and how to do phoning. And so he was telling me how he's been on it pretty much the whole time. And I was like, well, you know, try to find out why he's on it. And then it dawned on me that He's on it because he's not performing. But he's not performing because he doesn't know how to coach and train people over there in the ILP, which is extremely difficult. I ain't saying it's easy. It's hard, man. But I told him that, listen, for the first three months, they ain't going to know jack shit. So you getting upset with them 
is is not going to help you. What's going to help you is to learn how to train them rather than get upset because they already walk in knowing nothing and the program is hard. So between them not knowing stuff and them being confronted by what they don't know, you're going to have a hard time. So you need to learn how to get everybody that's in the ILP skillfully trained within three months so you can get the last four months of them being awesome. And in the meantime, you learn how to get to be a better um, uh, a better trainer and do yeah. your job better, right? And so the reason why I'm bringing this up is because he helped me to see that I'm impatient and, and makes long waiting to happen. And then he gave me that skill set, that vision, so I can give it back to him, right? So now your boyfriend, your guy, your man, he's going to be busy sometimes when you don't want him to be. It's going to happen. You can count on it. He's gonna, you're going to want him to call you back, and it's going to take too long because he's got a life that you ain't dealing with and you don't know what's going on. Yeah. He's going to be talking to a customer. He's going to be talking to a student. He's going to be talking to his doctor. He's going to be dealing with life, and as soon as he can, he'll call you back. Yeah. So you're acting like he doesn't have permission to have life interpact him. Like, fuck life, pay attention to me. Yeah. That ain't never going to help you. That ain't going to help you at all. You, you're you never going to win that one, bro. doesn't matter if it's him or anyone else. Yeah. So what can you put in place? How could you look at this? How could you see this? What context can you put in that will empower you so that when you get there, you're like, oh, yeah, life is winning now, not me, or whatever you got to say? What will work for you? Yeah. Knowing... That from time to time, people are going to be more tied up than you want them to be. You know what? what and really, it ain't personal. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. At point, I feel like yeah. Like what the hell happened? He does. He should. He he has a life, and I'm just, you know, wanting him to respond to my yep. to what you know, to my needs right. on demand. Yeah. And uh, and how did we get there? You know, and what's funny is actually what's really triggered me, and 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 I'm I'm trying to look at it now. It's like he actually responded a lot to more actually to all my um, all my uh, actually to to many of my uh, texts. Uh, yeah. And and the fact that he responds this much, it had it kind of triggered me to want the same thing. It's almost I got used to this drug, mm. and I want it. And now that I got used to it, I I'm going to have it for for his response. Because his response is usually affirmative and sweet, mm. and it just it feels good. Got it. Uh, and in his response, actually, super sweet. Yeah. It's not super sweet. Like I, I want it again. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this: Have you had a conversation with him about this yet? Not this one. Not this one. I'm just trying to. Um, the, uh, I'm, I'm distinguishing now. It's like because he is super sweet with his. 
when they when, and then I've noticed that when they are a little bit less sweet than usual, mm. it it wakes me up. It wakes it wakes that anxiety up up in me. Mm. And almost like oh my god, is he does he and and it, it's like uh, that does he like me? It, it wakes that question actually. He either does he like me or see he doesn't like me. Oh, he's t- he's starting to not like me. Like yeah. when, when when it becomes less sweet, the message back less sweet, or he doesn't text back right away because yeah. he is. So it's it's it it the, the variability it does trigger the it does trigger the uh, the actual uh, anxiety. In it. <laughs> But you're the trigger, not him. Yeah, the trigger is in me. Yes. Yeah. Um, I just... Um, it's it's weird. Thanks. It's like that space of... And I suddenly got used to this drug that you know he gives me. It feels like a drug he's giving me. And now I have... You know, been focusing on getting that drug the most, and and I have so many other things in life that I just enjoy thoroughly. Yes. But this, somehow this one it, it took priority. Like just suddenly it developed to become the best one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, see, here's the thing that I'm trying to get you to see is that this is going to happen. Like, he's going to do stuff and he's not going to be available. And you're not thinking about how can you be, how could you make it work when he's not available? How could you still be okay when he's not available? You're not going yeah. there, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's definitely the, that's the question. That's the like how does it? Yeah, it's like I don't want to. It's, it's for me. It's either completely in or completely. Out. It's either completely in or what? Or completely out. Or I just pull out and just be on my own and and, and do my own thing and like I used to do before. Yeah, and that's ridiculous. Because and you know it's ridiculous because you know that all there is for you to do is to see or do or think something different. Because yeah. it's all with you. It's all with you, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, you know, when I realized that I was making people wrong for not being me, not being a people person, not being making themselves available for me when I always make myself available for them, when I saw that, it gave me freedom to not be that guy. Yeah. Now all of a sudden I say, okay, I'm like that. How can I, um, you know, make that shift, make that change, you know? Like, what is it? Oh, I'm making a wrong for not being me. Bottom line, that's what I was doing. You ain't like me? What's wrong with you? Yeah. So now people can ignore me for the most part all they want. I still can't get nasty with me. (laughs) You know, like, screw you, you're stupid, I ain't paying no attention. That's still... I still got to work on that one, but 
the uh, yo, I'm busy, I can't talk to you now, or you got to make sure, you got to check in with me before you talk to me and any of that stuff. I'm like, yeah, all right, fine, whatever. <laughs> yeah, okay, piece of hair grease, whatever. So um, I want you to write down what I'm about to say. You ready? Just one moment. came back up before I got married. I'm down there, and I'm like, what the hell am I going to do out here? Because I had only one friend, two friends, they were married, and there was no transformation people down there, no transformed people down there. So I'm, I'm, I'm selling furniture in a place where it's like, the, the place was okay, but it was hard dealing with people because, you know, like I'm by myself, no transformation, right? Yeah. So I decided I was going to create something called a personal life charter because I liked reading the, the, the Landmark Education 2020 Charter back in the day before they changed it in uh, 2008. And uh, so I decided I was going to do my own. And so one day I was meditating and because uh, I was like, what am I going to say about this piece? And then something came to me, and I wrote it down. It was, it was magnificent, and I've been living it ever since. So I'm going to give it to you and see what it works, see how it works for you. Yeah. So um, it's five brief statements. Yeah. The first one, yeah. and, and so I'll just give it to you. Uh, that's why I want you to write it down. Taking the high road. So write that down. Taking the high road. Yeah. Fully aware. Yeah. Expanding comfort zones. Being transparent. Yeah. Holding the space of love. The tough ones. Yeah, holding the space of love, right. And I wrote it down, and I was so inspired by it that I've been, like, looking at it and thinking about it ever since. You know, not every week. Well, not even every month, but, like, that's my compass, my filter that I look at life through. Yeah. And I'm giving it to you because I bet you got one anyhow, something like that in there, but, you know, you may never get to it. But I want to give you that one because I want you to bring that to your relationships. I want you to ponder that. Like, when you meditate, think of those the five statements. It's very poetic. I mean, when I wrote it, it felt like I was writing a poem. I swear to God, man. It was like, wow. Um, taking a high road, fully aware, expanding comfort zones, being transparent, holding a space of love. That's what I'm doing all the time. 
and except for sometimes I get pissed off and I can't really hold the space of love, but and that's why I'm pissed because I ain't able to do it now. <laughs> you know, but you it's mean not that, like we're with you. It's more like I, I'm, I'm failing at what I'm trying to accomplish here. Yeah, you mean so. that? That's in general, and, and not only in relationships. Right, my life. Right. Yeah. So I mean, I'm inviting you to use that as a mantra, as a study, as a meditation, as a prayer, as an inquiry. You know, as a study, you know, I'm looking, I'm inviting you to look inside that and see what you get out of it because you may probably get something different out of it than I've been getting, which is fine because you got to have something tailor-made for Michael, Dr. Michael Sarkis. You got to, you got to do that, right? So, you know, I'm not you and you're not me, you know, so um, I want you to sit with that between now and the next time we speak so that you can get some juice from it, some value out of it. And see, the other thing is inside of the, look. I want you to look inside of the context of he's going to be busy when I don't want him to be another time. What am I supposed to do? So let that statement, I call it my life focus, my focus. That's what I call it. Because it's like that's my filter through. That's the filter I look at life through. Rather than just take the filter that life gave me, I decided to create my own, and then the creator gave it to me, and I've been too irresistible, man. It's like, oh, my God. And so, um, yeah, life is going to make him do things that way he can't talk to you at the time you want him to. And what are you going to do about it? What can you put in place? So... You know, I'm inviting you to take on those five statements as a as a tool to help you figure out how to stop being impatient waiting to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Does that communicate? Yeah. All right, great. So now how do you feel about what I just said? Like what comes to mind, you know, what your intuition say, your gut, or whatever. I just want to get some feedback on what I'm saying here to you. I mean, that's kind of, you know, it's funny... Like, how do I stay present? I guess I got to really meditate on a daily basis. So often, when I'm not triggered, that uh, that when I am triggered, I have, I, 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 I got to bring grounded to it. You know what I mean? And... Yeah. Uh, and that's going to be my uh, yeah that's going to be my uh, my bigger challenge is actually yeah being triggered and like being grounded and aware and taking the high road and bringing love in times that are not as challenging and triggering. So when the times of real bigger trigger come, I have started building some more muscle. Okay. Do you get what I'm saying? 
Not exactly. I, I want to, but give it to me, but say it a little different this time. It's, uh, so, so you're asking this uh, to be my mantra or to be my prayer or to be my meditation, and, and I see the point for doing it. Okay. And I gotta I gotta do it so often and especially when I'm not triggered. Right. So when the time I am triggered I have developed some muscles. Okay, good. Got it. All right. I'm gonna give you something to go along with it now. You ready? Yeah. You've heard me say this before, but I wanna Add this to what I just gave you, which is, it's a context, it's a saying, it's a statement. The statement is, feelings are terrific servants, terrible masters. You've heard me say that before, right? Say again, feelings are terrific. Terrific servants, comma, terrible masters. Yeah. You've heard me say that before, right? No. Oh. <laughs> well, I, I say it often enough. I don't say it every single day, but it's one of my contexts that has me be responsible for how I'm feeling. Yeah. Because if you let your feelings run you, you will sabotage your relationships, you will murder somebody, and you'll be in jail trying not to get killed in jail because your feelings was winning against you. Versus the other way around. Yeah. So learning how to use your feelings, your emotions for good will keep you out of the doghouse pretty much for life. Yeah. Learning how to use emotions, your emotions and feelings to serve yes. you. Right. So now let me give you an example, at least one example I can think of right now. Um. When I really get pissed, I do my best to use the anger, the energy from the anger to learn. And my motivation is so I don't have to be pissed anymore. <laughs> so I get more energy when I'm upset, right? But, like, what am I going to do with that upset? I can punch somebody in the head or I can go read and you know, study it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I use the energy from the upset to make a difference with them to let them know that I've got a commitment to, to love and enlightenment and, and curiosity and generosity and all of that, right? And so, you know, I'm not committed to being angry. I'm committed to having life work, taking the high road. And so I try to find out what's the best use of this energy that I got from these feelings that I'm dealing with. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Make sense? Yeah. It's, yeah, so uh, I'm inviting you to... Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, say it to me one more time so I can write it. Feelings are terrific servants. Yeah. Comma, terrible masters. So, I don't know if you heard about this. But um, in South, I believe in South Carolina, this police officer was just fired and charged with murder 
in the death of a um, suspect he was dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. So um, originally he had said that there was a scuffle. The uh, he, he pulled over for a traffic stop. The cop pulled the guy over because he had a problem with his taillight. Apparently, according to the officer, the, the, the black man who was unarmed struggled with the police officer after the police officer tried to tase him. And since that didn't work, uh, he ended up shooting the man five times. He shot at him eight times huh. and killed the man. And then afterwards, that was that was the it, right? Except for some somebody had videotaped the entire incident. And he ended up showing that the guy just ran away. And then the cop shot at him from the back about eight times. Shot at him eight times. Hit him five. The last bullet, I think, is the one that killed him. Then the cop comes over to the guy and says, stop resisting. And he's talking out loud, you know, like he's just, you know. And he handcuffs the dead man. Then he goes over to the guy where they were standing, and he picks up his, the taser that's on the floor, and then he brings it over to where the guy is at. And this is a drastically different than the police report he put in the news on Sunday. Yeah. You know, so um, the reason why I'm bringing him up is because the cop at some point must have just got really, really pissed and thought he could handle stuff. So he let his feelings get in the way. He now no longer has a job. Most of the country is looking at him like he's an asshole because the uh, the person who, sh- who shot the video gave it to the guy who died, gave it to the family. The family gave it to the family lawyers. The family lawyers gave it to the New York Times. Yeah. It went viral, right? And so this guy who had feelings about how he didn't like this, this black guy or, you know, screw him or whatever he was thinking, he let his feelings run him. Now he's paying a heavy price. Same thing could be said for Darren Wilson in the in the uh, um, the Ferguson, Missouri issue where he had, to re- he had to quit. He had to quit the force. He couldn't handle it. And he's in hiding. Though yeah. he got scared, he let his feelings run him instead of his brain. Yeah. You, you follow what I'm saying? So you're kind of doing the same thing where you're letting your feelings get in the way of your brain. And, like, because your, your feelings can't think about the future. Yeah. Has no vision. Yeah. So you end up responding to your feelings, and your feelings are feeling better. For a short time until you're going to jail or something else. You know what I mean? Yeah, until something else happened and then, yeah, it's like really, yeah, the feelings that are taking over the show rather than what I'm building. Yeah, you letting your feelings get in the way of your future. Feelings are terrific servants, terrible masters. Yeah. Yeah. So I want you to really look at what you're gonna do. What are you gonna do when you have those feelings again, man? Like, what's what's the mindset? What's the practice you're gonna put in place? You know? Yeah. So really, like now, how to work on? Yeah, putting a system in place once these things happen, I can 
I can, yeah. I, I can stop and look and not lose sight of the bigger picture. Right. See, me trying to tell you how to do it is one thing. And then me trying to help you trying to figure out what's starting it or how come it's kicking in is another thing. But you looking at the impact of your way of being and what you're going to lose and how you can control yourself, that's another thing. That's actually the most important thing because even if you did find out what was the original moment and even if you did, you know, look at why you did it, it's none of that's really as important as knowing the impact and having the impact be so heavy that you just can't do it anymore. Yeah. And that's really what I want you to get. Like, yo, you're killing your relationship over here, man. Yeah. Listen, he's patient with you, but he can only take so many of that stuff, you know? Yeah. And it might be another two years, but that's why you got me, so you ain't got to wait that long. Yeah. He is uh, is patient. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Part of why you love him, quite frankly, I'm sure. (laughs) You know, the patience patience shows up as sweetness. It shows up as generosity, you know. So uh, it shows up as being loving. It's an aspect of being loving patience, you know. Yeah. And so what there is for you to do, for you to do, is for you to get present to, Oh, crap, what am I doing to my relationship? Why am I letting my feelings get in the way of my relationship? That's the question I have for you about your relationship. Feelings are terrific servants. Yeah, sorry. Good. Yeah, how do you choose the feelings? Because you want to put the, the feelings of love and intimacy that you experience. Right. But then you have the other feelings of yeah, of anger. It's like so, uh, uh, you know. And and so, how do you, how do you negate one? Like it's like when you when you when you turn on your feelings, it it looks like to me like I've turned on everything. Like mm. like all the well, you know the highs and and the other feeling of anger is a, is a, is an intense feeling and. Uh, but how, how do I master my feelings to let really out what what works? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Um, I'm not going to give you the answers. I just want to explain to you how it goes and explain to you in such a way that you want to think about it. You know, like you want to um, examine it. You want to be... Um, giving yourself permission to uh, think about it in a way that works for you. That's where I'm at right this minute. I want you to to be with the whole um, feelings, structure, high, taking the high road stuff, because you're not giving yourself permission to take the high road. You're just not doing that right now. Yeah. You're... Being a, you're operating like you're a victim of your feelings. Yeah. But you're in charge of your feelings because your feelings come as a result of your thoughts. 
Yeah. You don't have any feelings without a thought, even if it's just a quick instant reaction. Yeah. You have thoughts. And so your thoughts, you know, you hear noise, you'll be like, oh, you know, you'll get scared from the noise, right? Right. So it's, it's you, but you have thought about the noise. See, because some noises don't scare you. You know, you're having sex, you hear, oh, that ain't going to scare you, <laughs> right? Yeah. But, you know, you're driving or you're in a car and you hear a crash, that will scare you. Because you right. know what that sound means. So that crash makes you think of, that sound of a crash makes you think of a car accident. Yeah. So you think something first, feel something second, then do something third in that order. That's how we're built. So now yeah. the question is, what new thoughts can you come up with that will support you having the actions and the results that you want? You have to come up with new thoughts so that you can start having new feelings that inspire you to take new actions. Yeah. Like, like you got to come up with some thoughts. This is why when I coach people, I try my best to give them um, new distinctions and new context because the first thing that happens is what you think. Then you have a feeling about what you think, and then you'll take actions based on what you think. Yeah. But it starts with your thinking, which means it starts with how you see in things. Because you already have an interpretation. So so let me give you an example of what I mean by that. And I'm, and I'm trying to set you up so that you feel empowered in your interaction with yourself, more so than in your interaction with your guy. Yeah. But um, when you're, hmm, what was I going to say? I didn't need to go that, quite that far. Um, um Let's see here. Oh, levels of consciousness. Okay, great. So, you know, I read this book called Power Versus Force. It talks about the different levels of consciousness. And people who are in the, in the level, consciousness level of, of uh, desire are greedy people. They need to have, they must have. So they're out to take and collect and grab and, you know, that's how they think. They can't, yeah. they're going to take actions based on what they can see. Because what they see is what they're focusing on. Now, somebody else who's loving, they're not greedy. They they don't even know how to be greedy because they're too loving to be greedy. Mm. Somebody, Somebody that's a brainiac, an intellectual, they will analyze the greedy person and, and try to analyze the loving person, um, but, they, but they have a different perspective. It's like... The difference between standing in front of the Empire State Building in New York on 33rd Street and standing on the roof of the Empire State Building, looking out at all of New York, Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, Jersey, Staten Island. Yeah. Because you got a different perspective. You Because your perspective is telling you what to do, it's giving you what to think. Yeah. So, so you got to change how you see those things called, he's ignoring me, can't take it. Because your 
a victim around being ignored waiting to happen. Yeah. And so by you taking on the possibility of a new way of looking at things, you'll get free from it because it's the way you're looking at it that's got you chewed up, so it's the way you look at it that's going to free you up. Yeah. I can give you all the tactics and strategies in the world, but if your brain ain't, ain't shifting, you'll just be coming up with new practices while you're still upset. Make sense? Yeah. Great. All right, so what are you getting out of this? What are you getting out of this conversation? Yes, I got to really shift my, the way I, say, I see things. Uh, yeah, and this is permanent. This is like lifetime. Because yeah. this is not just with your guy. This is you, period, waiting to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? The way I see things would trigger certain feelings. And uh, the certain feelings will trigger certain reaction from me. And it's really, uh, I mean, you're giving me more than one way of looking at it. So, uh, and if I see, well, he does have a life. He does have friends. He does. His friends have needs. You know that he needs to take care of. Yeah. Then then in that context, I can see what he's doing. Yeah. So there's a couple of different contexts you could consider, and I'm going to throw these at you, and they won't be all there is, but I'm going to throw them at you anyhow because at least this will get you started. Yeah. So it could be that he's got a life too, right? That's number one, right? Number two could be he's not my mom. So he don't think about things like my mom, and so he's not treating me like my mom, so why am I getting upset like he's my mom, right? That's another thing. Another way you can look at it is like, I don't have to take this personally, right? You know, another way you can look at it, he's giving, he's doing his best. That's another way you can look at it, right? Another way you can look at it is I'm going to figure out how to make him so irresistible that he can't resist me, and then I don't have to worry about it. How do I wrap him around my little finger. You can, that's another way of looking at it, right? You've got, you know, and this is a good, this is on this recording, right? So you'll come up with the one, two, or 17 different ways you need to think so that you're not triggerable again. Yeah. This yeah. is a lifetime transition. This is not how do I keep this guy around. You, you know, you, you know that, right? Yeah, this is a lifetime transition. <laughs> It is like I'm, I'm, you know, and he's he's very patient. And yeah, yeah, and you don't need to make you don't need to give him no more than he needs to deal with. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. Now, I want to say this. You know, you can write it down, or you can just listen to it on the recording later. But I'm gonna give you a question. Yeah. To ask, and the question I would invite you to ask while you're dealing with this situation is. When you get triggered, um, ask yourself, what would love do now? Not what what would you do now or what would Jesus do now, but what what would love, if love was standing here, what would love do now? Ask yourself that. Have that be a question that you, as a tool, between now and the next call. Yeah. That, That could be something else you could ponder, like I'm asking you to ponder the five statements I gave you. What would love do now? 
But with if love, love was, yes, do now, right. If love was a personality that was standing here, an individual person, what would love do now? You know, that could be a context even besides just a question. Yeah. So I'm inviting you to look at this as many different ways until you look at one way and you'll be like, oh, oh, that's it. <laughs> that's what happens in the Lambo form. All right. Yeah, this is uh, this is really great. I mean, uh, I gotta. Yeah, thank you, thank you very much. There's a lot. Yeah, and I don't. Yeah, and I don't want to tell you how you should think. I mean, you really got to discover it for yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's got to be in your language. You know, like you like like. (laughs) I'll just say this this last piece, and then I'm gonna let you talk. um, Which is that uh, I discovered that um, I can answer my own unanswerable question, bro. My unanswerable question is what I do wrong now. And I, I got, there's only one question. I can, I can, I'm the only one that can answer my unanswerable question. And, and when I remember to answer it, I get free. Hmm. And the, an, the answer to my question, which is what I do wrong now, is there's no such thing as right or wrong. Yeah. And then my unanswerable question is like, oh, yeah, that's right. It leaves me alone. I swear to God. Mm. Yeah. I, I found that I can answer my own unanswerable question. I, and I found out by accident. I don't even know what happened that made me say it. Find out, but I, I did. And so I also found out how I can answer my point of view and my act. So my point of view is I'm not important. I'm helpless. But how I deal with that is, yeah, but I love you anyhow. <laughs> I didn't know until I said that that my my point of view, I'm not important, I'm helpless, is a piece of, um, like they didn't love me enough to to do to take care of me. Like I was, they didn't, they didn't, I wasn't important enough. They didn't love me enough for me to be important to them to go get my hat. Right? They didn't love me enough to get my hat. I must not be important. That's where I went. Yeah. Hmm. And and then my act is that ain't fair. When I whenever I get pres- present to it, I can remind myself that that ain't fair. You know, the answer to that ain't fair is there's no such thing as fairness. It's just it's not fair. Life is not fair. Life is not unfair. Life just is. And then my 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 my, my act says, oh okay, and then leaves. <laughs> Comes back later. Yeah. But it leaves. Right. So I'm saying this because. You have to find your answer in your voice. Yeah. And that's why I can tell you all of this stuff. I can tell you how to get there, but you're the one that has to say it for yourself. So I'm doing my best to make the space, you know, the context, the flavor, you know, make it easy for you to come up with your own answer. But you talk to yourself. Who knows? You you might you might end up saying it in Russian. I don't know. Uh, uh, Make sense? Yes. Yeah, there there are so many ways to to look at it and uh there are many contexts I can actually create yes. uh, to be able to deal with the situation where my feelings are uh running high. Uh, you know, 
changing the context or you know and, and looking at uh, the context of how I see things, uh, seeing him as somebody who has a life, of course. Uh, me, it's like uh, simply growing up and not being a baby. In, in, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, I was asking him to take care of me while I don't want to take care of myself and not being able to take care of Ooh, that's good. I like that one. Man, that's 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 to the point right there, my brother. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you just say? Yeah. Shit, that's it's, strong. It's, it's, okay, yeah, take care of my feelings. Constantly. Yeah. Take care of my feelings. Yeah. And um it's a constant, you know thing and uh, and you know what you said about love, you know, just put the context of love being there. What would love do? Yes. And, yeah. And being present to the impact of these outbursts. Yes. So there's a lot of... Uh, and i got to find a way to answer my... to my, my thoughts. My, yes. Yeah, it'll work way better if you use you find your own rather than me trying to give you mine because it's got to be said in your voice, your way. It's got to be real for you beyond a shadow of a doubt. You know what I mean? You got it. I got it. All right, Coach. Well, I really appreciate you very much. Uh, I will send you uh, uh, payment for payment. four more you know, weekly. Yeah. Great. Uh, All right. You need my uh, email address? I'll be happy to text no, you. I, I, oh, you got I, it. Okay. If, if there's anything, you know, just give me, uh, you know, by tomorrow I should have sent it. All right. Awesome. Uh, I, I have a question, and, um, you know, you can let me know or not, but I've got a client that needs to hear this conversation but this particular client, and I'm talking in case she ever hears it, won't stand still verbally long enough for me to say it the way you gave me permission to say it. So I'm wondering if I ask her, could would she listen to this recording, would you be okay with this? Because this conversation about context, you know, and all of that stuff, is it, like this is something that she could benefit from tremendously yeah. But when I usually speak with her, coach her, I got to talk to her about her stuff. She won't let me give her my stuff, which is why she hired me in the first place. You know what I mean? So I'm wondering if it's okay with you. I'd like to be able to let her listen to this one. Yeah, I she mean, don't know you. We can keep it private. Keep it private. You know, but I mean, you know, I, like she won't never know who you are, and you won't know who she is. But this conversation here, I don't think I could ever have it with her straight like we just had it so i'm wondering if does, is it okay for, with you if i did that i mean to me there's quite a few personal things that i i would prefer not to to be honest okay. uh, because i have a lot of these raw feelings i just really would hope that they're not shared with anyone and i would really That's fine. Oh. no problem i was just thinking about this, this lady friend of mine but no problem the answer I, is no I, that's I, the end of it i got it 
I would really hope you you honor that because I mean to me it's uh, yeah I'm I'm putting a lot of myself uh, you know in this this conversation and uh, and I I just yeah would hope that to stay private if it's okay yeah no no it it is that's why I'm asking permission because it already is and it already will be unless you say otherwise and again I I wouldn't even bring it up unless the fact that this was such a rich conversation yeah. that um. Yeah. You know, somebody else would benefit from it, but don't worry about it. No, no, no problem, if, no problem. If, I, I, if, I'm fine. if it's okay, I mean, you can, you can always, you know, I mean, you listen, to, you, you you can take the notes from it, and then you that's, know, that's what I'm thinking. Recreate yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Her yeah. in a context that uh, empowers her and would be more specific to her situation. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. I'm thinking about it. If, I'm not going to do it yet, but if I need to, I will. And, you know, if you like, I'll let you know. I'll take the notes. I'm, you know, again, I need permission from you. You're, no, perfectly understandable. I got no issue with that. You know, it is as it should be. I'm fine with that. And, you know, I'm just thinking that, man, (laughs) she could use this. So, all right, fine. That's fine. That's fine. All right. I'll complete, man. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, man, my pleasure. And uh, what do you want to do uh, next Tuesday, back to Tuesday, or Wednesday? You tell me. Tuesday, uh, let me let me check. Okay. Either way works for me, you know. Just, I just want to be clear, that's all. Uh, next Tuesday, uh, yes, 2.30, the 14th. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. Works for me, bro. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you, man. Talk to you soon. I cannot wait to hear what you get out of, um, you know, the the, the, the the mental exercise that you're about to go through, man. Yeah. Cannot wait to hear that. So, All right. That's it. I'm done. Thank you very much. I can't wait either. <laughs> I know it's going to be mind-blowing for the both of us, bro. Love it. All Thank right. You. I'm done. Later. All right. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.